I'm Ke- No, I'm not Kevin. What's the li- line? Hi, I'm Jack. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is good company in the car. morning jack reacher did jack, i use that one <laughs> jack reach oh the, the, the jack the, reacher the, movies yeah wasn't that tom cruise i've never been called that one before i look exactly like tom cruise <laughs> except i don't have that tooth in the middle yeah he does have a wonky tooth but now, well, he's, you, his teeth are his teeth are very pretty and even yeah but they're he doesn't have two in the front he's got one in the front. he's he's a real curious character i think um that scientology stuff's a little weird but i he's a very good actor but he play he, he, it's tom cruise he plays tom cruise he seems cream cheesy to yeah me. i don't think he's I, ever i like his stuff i'm i do not think he's ever gonna win an oscar which is kind of the thing well, he's won everything I, else but yeah, i don't see him winning an oscar yeah because i think even as good of an actor as well kind of liked as he is i think there's there's a weird thing with the respect for him people just don't really want to give him enough respect yeah i I know, I know, so, but uh, we're not here to talk a, about it. I think he's a good actor. He's but, a good actor. I like his movies. Yeah, the Mission Impossible yeah. movies are good. Uh, we are here. I'm going to tell Jack all about my years working at the iconic Crab Claw restaurant, St. Michael's. Oh my. You talk about it a lot. Uh, well, I, it, it, was, it was almost it was almost like your summer camp, the way you talk it, about I, it. I mean, it was really good. I remember I got down there in, in the fall of 79, and I the, the restaurant closes in November. So I wasn't going to be working there when we first got there. But I heard stories. And I, so, it, so wait, wait, so you picked this up from the kids at school? Like, yeah. oh, everybody works at Everybody works at the Crab Claw. Oh, okay, everybody okay, does okay, a stint. Okay, okay. I would say 80% of the teenagers, at some point or the other, if you live in St. Michael's, you've done something. You've worked you've, at the Crab Claw. You've done, you've your, done your time. time so I'd heard all of these stories about the depraved teenage hijinks that went on, and I couldn't wait to get a taste of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, Joe said, no, it's a lot of fun. He was very sagacious. He was very wise. Uh, after the season's over, you remember the fun, and you forget all the monotony. So you go back the next year, and then around July, you're like, God, I forgot. This is really, you know. Because well, kitchen work is hard. Yeah, yeah. So I got there and um, there was the orientation meeting and I went with everybody and they, you know, you said, oh, you want to be a steamer? Do you want to be a busboy? You want to be a waitress? And at the time, you know, there were just waitresses. Well, you said that there was like this like uh, class system. Well, I'll get to that. And uh, so I, Mr. Bill, I didn't know at the time was a real taskmaster and a tough guy and kind of crotchety and just, you know, but a character. And uh, so I'm like, hi, I'm the new guy. My name's Kevin. I just got my, Joe grabs me. Joe's always my wingman in this stuff or vice versa. And he's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, what? He's like, don't, don't talk to Mr. Bill like that. And uh, so I got there and I started in March of 1980. And I remember my first day on the job. It was a real job. I'd had a paper route, but a paper route's not a real job. You know what I mean? It's just- Again, you- you like to pick shit where you got to work hard, man. Uh, like, well, you I worked wanna... at a, you worked at the hospital. I worked, yeah, but it wasn't. It, I collected money and wrote receipts. It was Which, real easy. That was back in the day. If you wanted to watch TV in the hospital, you had to pay for exactly. it. Exactly. That's terrible. But it wasn't. Your the point is. I didn't get dirty at work. <laughs> oh, we got dirty, <laughs> all, all right. It was handle money and write receipts. It was real simple. Um, yeah, so I was at, at the the basin scrubbing oysters because the oysters come in oh, and covered in mud. Can't even. The oh. sun was going down, and it, and I looked at the the sunset, and I'm all alone, and I'm shivering, and I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. You know, I'm here on the, I you know, I was out of mossy subarctic upstate New York, oh. and you know, we're starting a, a new chapter in my life. Jesus. So. Um, 
lots of stuff went on. I, I, I can't even, I'm trying to think of all that. The, one of the things that we were doing with um, knives was like mumbly peg, but you would try to throw it in the, in the floor and get it to stick as close to the other guy's foot as possible. I'm just, I'm sitting over here with my uh, visual. I'm sitting over here with my arms crossed, shaking my head. Like, it's a wonder you guys didn't kill each uh, other. We, I, it's, it, there were a million ways to get hurt of the crab claw. And oh, we probably did 900. Oh, he died. I mean, it was, you, one of my favorites was you got one employee meal per shift and it could be a cheeseburger or you could get um, a hamburger or it was something like that. It was nothing. It wasn't like a crab cake or anything. And when you work in the scow, yeah, you know, it's like, oh, you, a lot of times you'll be designated. The scow is this wooden boat. You know, it's got a uh, outboard motor on the back and it brings people from the boats back to the, so the people, restaurant. So like fancy people who came up in their boats, right. they would park out in the bay and then you would go. And they just honk the horn and you go the get them. And on a busy summer weekend, you'd go out and you'd stop at four or five boats and there'd be 12 people, 15 people in that damn thing. And, and there was a tip bucket, which was very loosely monitored. I was good about putting my of tips in there. you were! But the other folks weren't. And at the end of the season, literally... Uh, you get the lower guys, the entry level guys like me would maybe get sixty bucks for the whole season for our tips, and the guys who are like managing it would get thousands. <laughs> and the, by by in contrast, the waitresses were making that much a night on a slow night in the winter, you know. But right. our winter, you know, November. There are so many different stories I could tell. One of my favorite things that we did was the the crab claw was I think had a pretty high profit margin and um, because Mr. Bill was buying the crabs and the oysters straight off the dock right in front of the restaurant Luther your friend Luther was one of the guys who sold crabs right to Mr. To Mr. Mr. Bill and I said to Luther Luther told me this you know oh yeah I sold crab you know mm-hmm. uh, and I said uh, well did that didn't it didn't you get sick of crab he's like I saved the best ones for myself yeah, like, yeah. I was like, okay Luther's no dummy but they, he was getting People were getting a bushel of oysters was getting like five bucks back then, and a dozen, you know, and a bushel of crabs was maybe seven. And he would turn around. The prices, you know, were it was eight dollars for a dozen crabs back I then or whatever. Even, I mean, to me, that's just like what? Yeah, it was great. But um, we upstairs there was a class system. There was the bus boys were upstairs working with the waitresses, cleaning the tables, taking out the trash, and then the steamers downstairs. Me and Joe and John were steamers. Craig and Boz were bus boys. Upstairs, our our souls were, of course, pure because we were doing the actual oh, work. Geez. But we would shuck you. Classes. We would. Sh- it was upstairs, downstairs. Yes, exactly. And uh, or Downton Abbey. Down- and uh, okay, <laughs> okay. So we would shuck the oysters and we would cook the crabs and and the way we would get the orders. Um, the waitresses had a microphone upstairs and then it would come down and broadcast and then we would click it. You know the the receiver to let them know we received it. Or- Lori was a- Lori mm-hmm. Luther's wife. Right. Was a waitress. She sure was. Everybody had an apron, and they had their name on the front, sewn in the front. And uh, she was her her seems. I think she did hers herself. I think you did your own. Really? But, yeah. But the oh, the waitresses who, who were there the longest got the first row, and that row was seated first, and then on and on. And then the 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 newest waitress got the one where it was just a bunch of two tops all the way against the far <laughs> wall. Joe had um, after you know the first month or two of working there, you have gouged your hands with you know on a crab. How did a, you not get infected? We did. And, and, and we did. We didn't wear gloves or anything, and regularly plunged the oyster knife into your hand. You know. And- okay, I want to interrupt you <laughs> yeah. because to the to the unknown to the to the people out there who have no idea about seafood and bay life and shit like that. Yeah. 
Kevin is an oyster aficionado. I am. Like when we go to a nice restaurant that serves oysters, he's like, oh, no, no, no. That's way too much to pay for that. I am not paying that. Like mm-hmm. he's very kind of not snobbish, well, but I very kinda, specific. <laughs> I'm stuck in another time, too. So, when, <laughs> so, so to describe, in case you're unaware, there is a knife called a shucker, and it's a little sharp blade used to pry open the rock yeah. that an oyster is yeah. before you pry it open. And I myself have impaled <laughs> my hand trying to do that. It's very easy to do, and we didn't use gloves. And you, depending on why <laughs> were they not provided? I, they weren't. You did just someone didn't... say you should use gloves, and you guys wanted to be men and didn't I, you know, do you, it, we, would, we would use a, a, one of the the tea towels that we all had. And we would a put that towel. over it. But depending on how stubborn the oyster was, you, you could take a lot of if you missed and plunge. It was just that's what we did. It was the culture. It it's, was the culture. <laughs> and um, what so, happened to all the? So you shuck an oyster, so that means you pry it open. Mm-hmm. You pried them open, right. or you just opened them. Pried them open and leave. Take the shell completely off, and then we would put them on a tray and put them in a, a refrigerator. And then when the orders came down, you could just run them up. Okay, so what? What happened to the shells? Oh, we just collected them and threw them back in the bay. So why? uh, In front of the restaurant? Uh, There, or some of them actually made it out into the parking lot and they used them for gravel. So my question is, is after all these years, how is there not a mountain of oyster shells? It's actually technically called a midden, and there were. But they would truck them away, and then oyster growers and aquaculture people now, oyster shells are a hot commodity because they use them to grow spat baby oysters on. So they had to do it. Before I forget, the, um, the lunch meal... One day, the, there was a guy out in the boat, and he shall remain nameless. He wanted a cheeseburger, and he was running the scow for the day. He got the shift out in the boat. And I think it was Joe. So the pilings around the outer part of the restaurant, you could you could just go by in the boat. Piling is like the post on the side of a dock. Right. It's a, yeah. And uh, remember, some people don't know this. I know. You're, well, you're, that's why you're here. Well, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm mildly so, boat, boat knowledge, uh, marine, nautically well, not knowledgeable. He made the mistake of asking Joe to get it. Oof. And so so Joe put it out on the piling and then nailed it to the piling. So he came by and just slowed down and went to grab it. And he just pulled himself pulled completely out of the boat. And the boat just goes sailing across the boat. The boat, the boat took off. I don't remember how we got it. I think Joe knew what was going to happen and was able to grab it as it went by. Because it was still, it was in gear. It was maybe in neutral. And, and if, but he, he did, it yeah, was yeah. great. It was just funny in slow motion. And, this is like um, a movie. This is like, Caddyshack is an apt a description, a yeah. descriptive comparison. So yeah. at the end of the night, we would take the microphone in because the downstairs area is kind of exposed. So the microphone. Oh, it's outside. Yeah, but I mean it was under the restaurant. But it's still, it would, I, I just I yeah. can't imagine. I it can't would, even imagine. You'd have to do it at the end of the shift. You would unscrew it and take it back into the office. And Joe had written a poem on one of the uh, guest checks. It was called "My Hand, <laughs> My Hand, a festering mass of scabs and open wounds, weeping gently as I shuck the oysters." And and it went on and on. Well, uh, John was unscrewing the microphone and he was reading the poem that Joe had written. So I turned the mic on and it was broadcasting to everybody upstairs. And he finished it and I unclicked it. We could hear clapping upstairs. <laughs> and it was really funny. What we liked to do was in the garbage cans back by in the in the kitchen back by where the um, walk-in was with all the beer you would get a lookout to make sure nobody none of the managers were around and you would put a couple of six packs of beer into the trash and then cover it with, with another bag of trash then you'd walk it out to the dumpster and you'd 
put it in a strategic location in the dumpster so you could retrieve it later. So then after work, you go out into the parking lot and go into the dumpster dive and you have a couple it's of cold sticks. It's so funny to me to think like the, the teenage mindset, the way you figured out this this, uh, oh, this great. elaborate mathematic equation to get this beer out of the... Uh-huh. But would you put beer in a garbage can and put garbage on top of it at this stage in your life? Well, no, they, they, they were between sealed bags of garbage. It wasn't like I in the garbage. Still, oh, yeah, as a teenager, I, 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 I say, maybe I'd be How would you do that? No, I don't know about it's now. It's kind of funny, the, but it, the concept. It's beer. Yeah. We got beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we didn't take, you know, we didn't, didn't take that much to get us a little drunk. And I remember Kathy Norman had this cool green Mustang and she would, she worked there and she would sometimes come along with other people in, in the party, in the parking lot, the after work parking lot party. And we'd play Frisbee and, or whatever and smoke some weed or something. But she had a Neil Young tape and it was Harvest or whatever and Heart of Gold. Oh, it was great. And I... Every... You're checking off the list of stereotypes. It was great. I um, So I was coming down the back stairs down from the kitchen back down to where the steamers were and I'm singing Heart of Heart of Gold by Neil Young and nobody was better at calling that shit out than John Mansway. And I'm coming down and I'm like, been a minor for a heart. And he's like, Kevin. I was like, what? He's like, shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> and joe joe threw a towel at me That's or something scary. i was well and truly chastised so another time the upstairs restaurant there's a back kind of oh, what did they call it what was the back there was a, a, a dining room in the back it was much smaller it had maybe eight tables in it so one of the things we would do if uh, one of the waitresses on duty was down down for it you'd get a drink you'd say oh two virgin daiquiris please or two virgin pina coladas and they would go around and be like i need two pina coladas and forget the virgin part right <laughs> so joe and i went and our friend happened to be waitressing and she's she's like yeah i'm, I'm, I'm cool and we're like oh all right a couple of couple of pina coladas she's like sure so she goes and comes back puts them down and i'm i'm just trembling with excitement and i'm like this is this is the stuff of dreams right so i go to like high five joe like something out of like bad breakfast club and i launch the drink <laughs> into the middle of the dining room into the middle did, of the dining room did no did your friends not call you spaz? Like, uh, I mean, like... I, you know, we were all pretty spastic, but that was really the pinnacle of it. And suddenly the room is filled with the fumes of rum. Um, uh, the daggers uh, she was shooting me were surpassed only by those coming at me directly across the table from oh, Joe. God. And he was like, you fucking... And I'm like, <laughs> I panic. But so I knew where the, the, the cleaning supplies and stuff were, and I sprung into action, and I got it all cleaned up, and she's like, God damn it. And Joe's <laughs> sitting there sucking on his pina colada straw and just glaring at me, and I'm like, I, I, I don't know what to say i just wanted to curl up and die and you know what happened about a minute later what here comes another pina colada she's Good. still in it and i got my eyes joe was like and i'm like i i couldn't thank her enough and i, I saw her at school the next day and at she was school, like she was like, you were like 16 <laughs> yeah. she was uh, like what the hell do you know how much trouble i would have gotten in i was like i know so, thank so you so sorry, much so, so that was the tale of the pina colada to this day but it was like no <laughs> <laughs> i was coming down those back stairs to the uh, kitchen one time and I had a really hot bowl of clam broth that the waitresses didn't need. Really wait, 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 wait. What is clam broth? It's it's just it, when we steam clams in a big steamer, the the salty brine that would collect at the bottom. Okay, people would use that to kind of rinse their clams before they eat them, and it was okay. hot as boiling water. Okay, and I was coming down the back stairs, and my manager was kicking boxes up at me, empty boxes. I'm like, stop! It's I I got. He kicked another one. It went all over the front of me. And ah, that's I, a lawsuit. <laughs> oh, it was 1980. It's what you, you did. Had to go to the hospital. 
People go to the hospital all the time. Oh yeah, there are a million ways to hurt yourself at that restaurant. We oh we did almost all of them. So I got a big second degree burn on my belly and I milked the shit out of that for about a month. Learning how to drive the scow. When I first got there, I would do a couple of ride-alongs like you do with a cop to learn how to do it. And a scow is kind It's of a wooden like boat. A, yeah, it's, it's a long open, wooden boat. It's like a big, open, wide kind of a yeah. rowboat, for uh-huh. lack of a better description for those of us not familiar with the boating stuff. And, and if you've ever, just to interrupt, just so people understand, yeah. if you've ever been to like a vacation beach area that's not on the ocean where the water is calm mm-hmm. there's often these little boats that will go and pick people up that are coming to the restaurant who've parked they can't pull their boat up to the restaurant right yeah so, there's not enough dockage so, for everybody because so, so, i mean sure there's sure there's people like what is he talking about mm-hmm. because so basically you were kind of like a, a like taxi a, a little taxi a little water taxi yeah. to get the people from their boats to the restaurant and if you okay. get and if you get good at it you can pull the boat up the scow i eventually got good at it but i it took a while you can pull it up and throw it so the engine around so it literally sides up to the boat and right. actually moves horizontally it's really cool yes. my very first time left uh, uh what unsupervised i was pulling up to a giant sailboat i was coming straight Adam, I was going to do the move. The move. But I didn't do it. I just T-boned the boat. The, the bow of the boat just went straight into it. I'm sure it. the guy went ballistic. He was cool about it. I'd slowed the boat down enough so there was no damage, but I was mortified. I was scrambling. But they, they gave us a tip that eventually yeah, went, did, went to somebody. Which you didn't get. Which you didn't get. That's funny. One night, one of the managers, at the end of the night, we had to scrub down the entire deck, where the, uh, the lower part of the restaurant, because so, like, especially you, in the were summer. Were you responsible for cleaning the kitchen area as well? No, 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 no. The kitchen area was the people up in the kitchen. So the, the kitchen. kitchen and the area where you worked, where you did all this prep for the shellfish and yeah, and we just did we did the stuff. oysters and crabs on there. Oyster shelf? Does, yeah, she always sell okay. shellfish. Okay, so all the shellfish that was dealt with in the in the in the mollusks, right? Uh, you guys did that on another level outside. Oh, yeah, so you had to clean it to health. Regulation, uh, you know, it was, it was quite a bit more unregulated back well, then. No, I mean, I'm still there, even though you didn't think it was there, had to have been some. There sort was, of there was some, but it's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. it is today. No, 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 no. And um, so we were, we had to scrub it down every night, and we would just use pure bottles of bleach, and we would scrub the deck, and that stuff would just go straight into the harbor. And I know now that you could not get away with that. No. I, it created a toxic bloom around the crab claw every night. I'm sure there was not a living thing in that water within a half a mile after oh, we were my. done. But one of the managers who was hopped up on, I'm not sure what had decided that I had replaced all of the bleach and all six of the bottles we were using that night with tap water and that I was sabotaging the cleaning process and he started throwing knives oh at me. God. But his aim was terrible, so I bragged about it the next day. You bragged about it. I got <laughs> knives thrown at me. Well, no, but didn't you say that there was a thing you guys would throw knives at each other? Oh, the mumbly peg. Yeah, we tried to throw what it. What the hell's mumbly peg? Well, mumbly peg, I think, is technically when you try to go through between your fingers like that thing on Alien. Right. But we, or it was you throw it and try to get the knife to stick in the ground, but we were trying to get it to stick in the ground here the other guy's foot yeah, yeah. and one oh. somebody actually got it once was it danny danny Heatherton? somebody got nailed once there was another thing that they did at the crab claw was they would fry the fried shrimp which was a real popular item in advance so they would that do gross. several hundred fried shrimp and it was like on a tuesday at noon and then they would just double fry the when an order came up they would just double fry the shrimp and it would make them extra crispy and then they'd go straight out that sounds so like bad for like botulism breeding ground it wasn't and um it's very, not no it was very popular <laughs> and uh, anyway when the okay you found a, a description what yeah, is technique mumbly peg mumbly peg uh-huh. a children's game played with a pocket knife yeah 
The object being to, to cause the blade to stick in the ground or a wooden surface by flipping the knife in a number of prescribed waves or from a number of, yeah, that's or right. from a number of prescribed positions. Yep. And and adults do it like trying not to hit, like how close can you get to my foot? Or we were doing that at the crab claw. That's not really oh the true aim of the God. game. Because it wasn't dangerous enough to just flip. You had to, you had to, you had to it, aim it. But you guys were flipping them. You were literally like throwing them. Throwing darts. <laughs> like throwing something knives. you see at a, a circus sideshow. Oh, my God. And uh, anyway... The fried shrimp day, when the fried shrimp day thing went out, the call would go out, the, the coded signal would go out, and one by one, everybody would disappear into the walk-in and feast on the fried shrimp and come oh back out. God. And it's like, all right, John's done. Joe, go. go. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the great escape. And um, I would say if they, for every... 500 shrimp they cooked and took down, I would say they probably had a 30% attrition rate. I was, yeah, I was going to say, everybody probably had at least 10, minimum oh, 10. they were yeah. good too. I mean, you couldn't eat them fast enough. Lobster night was Thursday night. Lobster night? Yeah, and it was, we would get, another thing that you're probably not going to like is, we would get a shipment of lobsters from Maine one day a week. It was usually like Monday, and we would cook all 100, well, 200 I lobsters. Understand that somehow the idea of a shelled creature uh -huh. being cooked in its shell and then putting it into a refrigerator yeah. doesn't sound like a bad thing. Doesn't sound as bad. But breaded shrimp yeah. being fried. They were covered. I mean, they were covered under cellophane. But they say no, but yeah. it's the bread. The yeah. bread. That just, I worked. I, I've, I'm I've sure had it. All restaurants do it. Yeah. It's just, well, it's just <laughs> the idea of it. It's like it's yeah. like me. What do I always say in a restaurant? I don't want to see in the kitchen. Yeah, no, you don't. My food. <laughs> I don't care as long as the Again, food, this, I do not want to see. This what was 40 years ago. A lot has changed. So. Uh, well, you know, but we yeah. get that big barrel of lobsters. They would go in the corner of the other walk, and when we kept Did, all the you didn't have lobster up. fights and stuff. Uh no, we didn't. But we would cook those. We'd steam those lobsters for the whole coming week. That they would, you know. Right, right. So Thursday nights, I, I took my dad there one time. It was like six ninety five, and got a lobster and corn on the cob. Six ninety five. And so my lobster came up. Joe and Joe had found out I was coming. Joe knew that I was up there, and he steamed our lobsters. And when I went to open my lobster up, there was a note in the tail that said, "You're being followed. Get out of here now." <laughs> <laughs> With a little skull and crossbones. That's funny. Another time, the damaged lobsters, the ma the supervisor would let you buy at cost. And I take them home, and I take them home to my dad. But all of the lobsters were in really good shape. One time, my dad really wanted a lobster, so I tried to kind of break one up a little bit. But it was clearly, obviously, like pliers had been applied. Ah! To it. I was like, "Hey, Terry, can I buy this one at cost? It's damaged." He's like, "You didn't have to hack it up, McMahon. I would have sold you one." <laughs> he saw right through it. Now there was not always room at the dock for boats. You a lot of times you had to anchor out. There was limited docking space, but there was always room for a boat called Purely Pleasure. It was a cigarette boat. It was owned by this businessman from Baltimore, a real mensch, you know, big, hairy-chested, you know, built like a tank oh and God. smoking big cigars. And he always had different girls in bikinis on his boat. Yes. And he had these customized shirts that said Purely Pleasure, name of his boat. And if you helped dock his boat, he'd give you a Purely Pleasure sh purely shirt. Purely ple Pleasure. And it was a real must-have article, a garment. If you got your Purely Pleasure shirt, you were in. You know, it was, And everybody wanted one. And I remember he was coming in one time, and I practically pushed John Mansweaty out of the way and grabbed the line, the bow line to tie it, you know, and then he tossed me a shirt. John already had a couple. He didn't care. But that boat I came in. I if John still has his shirts. Um, I've, I had mine for the long I bet you I've got it. I found my old Crab Claw shirt. It's in my, it's my, you got, you found one on, on eBay, on, uh, on eBay and I yeah. found my original one too. And, um, it's still got the, it still smells like, um, Old Bay. Ooh. Ooh. 
One day we were cleaning soft crabs. We have these big trays of soft crabs, which is a crab that has molted its shell and it's soft. And it's a delicacy on the Eastern Shore. It's a delicacy a lot of places. And you can cook the whole crab, but you've got to remove the faces and you've got to remove the gills and things like that. We were doing a contest to see who could clean them the fastest. John, who would do anything for a buck back then, uh, was dared by Joe for a dollar to bite the face off a soft crab. Oh my God. <laughs> and Jeff Wemmer, who was next to him, said, I'll do it too. And, they both, and the, there were tourists watching us oh and they were God. horrified. We got in trouble. The manager was like, don't do that in front of the guests. I, you know, and, and I'm laughing because like, I'm sure if I was there, I'd be like, yeah, you know, but it, it's that weird enjoyment of something gross that's being done because guys do that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really funny. Well, uh, the very highlight, my favorite, favorite memory of the Crab Claw was the employee appreciation party in November of 1980. And the restaurant had closed for the year and it was open. It closed the day before. And the very next night before everything's put away for the winter, because December, January, and February, all of the waitresses go to Marco Island down in Florida for three months because they could afford to. Because we had career waitresses who were in their 20s and 30s and they, you know, they made a shit ton of money. Right. And they would go and spend three months in Florida. Their jewelry of choice was turquoise, you know, and they had roach clip earrings, that 70s. sort of thing. It's the 70s. Yeah. And um, we would, you know, we were sneaking, you know, the, the bartenders would were turning a blind eye and we were all having a, you know, a a drink or two. It wasn't anything out of. It was very eighty. It was right. very nineteen eighty. Yes. It was kind of the and thing I'm that happened. Literally, that and I'm literally picturing the dance scene in Caddyshack. With yeah, the, you know, like uh, the no, 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 not not the dance scene so much the uh, uh, the, the the pool, the swimming pool, the day. swimming pool scene where where the caddies were allowed to use the pool. Yeah, it oh, was it was like God. that. It was it was Caddyshack on the on, at a seafood restaurant on the water, and oh. it was just like that. And one of our favorite things to do was. Uh, do you know what a whip it is? Yeah. It's whipped cream I would is prefer it, the whipped cream. Sadly. <laughs> I know what a whip it for is. For those who yes. don't know what a whip it is, pressurized whipped cream is fueled with nitrous oxide, which is laughing gas. And if you don't shake the can up, you just open the nozzle. Well, if it, you turn the if you don't turn if the you can don't, upside yep, right, down. Right. You just hold it vertically upright and don't yeah. shake it and you you can just release nitrous oxide and it's laughing gas and it's called a whip it because the brand of whipped cream was Mr. Whip It back oh, in the day. Geez. And we had ready whip, but I think I think it was. Anyway, and if, once you do that, the cream won't come out of the canister foam or you know foam right, right, it just right. drizzles out so waitresses would regularly come down grab a can that's already been exhausted of citrus oxide go upstairs and go to put the whipped cream on the slice of pie they've prepared and it just drizzles God out damn it. you could hear it from upstairs uh we were at the employee appreciation party and joe was somebody mentioned the whippets and i made eye contact with my co-worker Didi, and i was like whippets so we both tore out of the living the restaurant dining room we're racing down the back stairs i'm pulling him back he's pulling me back and from the outside you're gonna just see these two scrawny teenagers run into the back room of the restaurant open a giant door to a walk-in refrigerator the door shuts the sounds of tons of capsules being depressurized we emerge about three minutes later in a, in a, a fo- bank of a fog bank, <laughs> laughing hysterically, only to find Joe, John, and the, the Johnny Come Latelys come turning around the corner. And we're just shaking our you You suck. So they went in and tried, and we we reassured them. But uh, the, and then back upstairs, yeah, the dancing, the the, the parking lot. People didn't work the crab claw. Tried to gate crash it and were turned away. It was a, it was a real oh, bacchanal, and music was playing, and and it was great. And crab claw, I, I swear, I came from. You know, upstate, mossy upstate, 
featureless New York. And after a season at the Crab Claw, I was a bona fide Eastern Shore boy. Good. I could chuck crabs with the rest of them. And I could cook. <laughs> those people, the friends that you made in high school, that they all worked at the Crab Claw. Yeah. You're still friends with all the people. Luth- Luther yeah. and Luther provided the crabs to the yeah. to the to the restaurant. Lori was a waitress there. Craig and Boz were both uh, bus boys, mm-hmm. and you, Vince, John, and Joe all worked in the steaming area. Yeah, much less. All, and you're you know, are still they... friends. Yeah, and we we regularly draw upon that shared combat experience. It bonded us what kind of the like the way Nam was it? did. Not with... that long ago, we came. You and I were looking at uh, stuff. We're trying to find stuff, and and I came across some Saint Michael's tourist video, uh-huh. and we turned the video on, and it was like the daughter of Mr. Bill. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Like Tracy. That. And you're like, that's Tracy. That's Tracy. <laughs> Tracy. And, you, and then you guys all started sending it to one another. That's Tracy. Look at Tracy. Look at Tracy. Tracy. Yep, she had her own little boat called Flying High. Aww, wink, wink. Yeah. You know. So uh, yeah, she still owns it to this day. Good and, for um, her. You know what? So Crab Claw, thanks for the memories. That was a really good time. Good for you. I, and uh, I made it out live, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I worked there for two years, and then uh, uh, when I got out of high school, I, I moved next door to the uh, Maritime Museum. All and buttoned down. All like, buttoned down. It was a well, much classier. But I wouldn't trade trade oh. my years at the Crab Claw for anything. Good for you. Yeah. Thanks, Crab Claw. We'll see you again. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Or of our <laughs> I'm hoping I-